Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. So Luka Doncic out of the NBA playoffs. That might not be a great thing for the NBA, even though an L.A. market does, an L.A. market team does stay alive. And the Clippers, they get the win. They win game seven over the Mavericks. They move on to play the Jazz. And J. Will starts now worry. At his conference final Donovan Mitchell, just get, get, the, get the hotel ready in Utah. Will be. I feel it. What is your worst case scenario for the Western Conference Final for you? Because I mean, it's again, not you guys will be case. there I mean, on I site. Love it. I mean, but it, not worst case. Come on now. I mean, you know, it's well. There's always a worst case because I love Denver. Denver is cool. Stephen A. He'll U- tell Utah, you what the worst Denver. Case is. Utah, Denver. Yeah, this guy's Utah complaining, Denver. and he gets an opportunity to have a front row seat at a Western Conference Final, and he's complaining about where they're going to play. The, at. Uh, the worst complaining never came out of my mouth. And I just said it's not the worst case scenario because I said I like Denver and I like Utah. I mean, so it's you, Utah, you Denver. So you tell me that Suns, that. Suns Clippers, what, what, okay. on a level of preferring, what would I prefer? prefer? Yeah. That's a yes. Thank you for semantics. Oh, did I, did I word that Thank the wrong you. Yes, way? you did. Yeah. Yeah. Did the writer word that the like, wrong oh, way? Hater, not being appreciated. Yeah. Low management terms used to describe me. I don't like it. I don't like it. Which hotel would you prefer? Which city? You would prefer I mean, your hotel to Sun, be in. Suns well, Clippers, it please. It would be nice to build more. In yeah. Phoenix. <laughs> that, that, would be, that wouldn't be a bad place to visit. So you don't want to be in a place in Utah or Denver is what you're saying? No, I wouldn't mind. No. Okay. I'm happy to be here, Keyshawn. I right, just want to make sure. I'm yeah. happy to be here. You could legally be very happy in Denver. Yes. Very, very happy. Yes. And he won't show up. In Denver. <laughs> to work. Well, it's not. <laughs> See, we got to change that right, narrative. But on the other show side. up to work and still <laughs> You might Stop. oversleep. Yeah, yeah. There you go. It might just not be as But on the other side, sharp. on the other side, of course, is the, the Eastern <laughs> Conference playoffs. And we looked at Nets-Bucks as like what could be the most entertaining series of the Eastern Conference playoffs, regardless of where they are. And it didn't take a minute into game one where the, the concerns about the Nets were never about how good can they be. It's always about when healthy. James Harden leaves the game. He's now diagnosed after an MRI with what the team is calling right hamstring tightness, and he will not play in tonight's game two. Mm. Jay, is this – I guess they've already played without him for a lot of – a big portion of the season they went without him. But now we're in the playoffs and you're playing against the Bucks. Just rate, you know, how big of a loss this is for the Nets in this specific series. I, I would say this is a this is a eight – on a yeah. scale from one to ten, eight, okay. eight loss. Why? Not because James Harden is the guy that gets the continuity in the whole offensive scheme. Now, Brooklyn played incredibly well. I mean, KD, Kyrie went off. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys stepped up when they played that game on Saturday against the Bucks. But if I'm the Bucks, you better win game two. Like you, you had six days, seven days off, right? You came out. You could say, hey, we were a little bit lethargic. But now, when you play them without James Harden, if Brooklyn Nets go up two zero. Without James Harden, and I know they're probably still slightly the favorite with KD and Kyrie, but look, man, like you got to get game two. You have to get game two if you're young. Because when James Harden comes back, that's a different dynamic, completely different dynamic. So without the head of the snake, with having Giannis, with having, you know, Bobby Portis, Bryn Forbes, PJ Tucker, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton. You better win damn game two. Well, it's you one, have to win game two. It's one less guy they got to cover, which we said. The hard part is you got two. Who else are you going to guard? And, and that's something that, of course, does even up the series even more. Steve Nash uh, talked about the MRI on Harden and what it showed. 
to be honest with you, tightness and, and most importantly is he's out for the next game. So we're preparing for tomorrow night as, as we ended up playing last night and and that's our focus. You know, for James, you know, we obviously are desperate for him to return and he's a huge piece of what we do in our team but at this point I think it would be all guesswork to to really understand you know he's had such a little you know up and down recent history with it that it's really hard to predict and uh, so let's hope for the best but uh, I, I, we can't really say anything too predictive or or to, you know too definitive right now I just want to say that if, as long as they have two of the three I think they'll be okay you know you give him an opportunity, a nagging hamstring injury, like Steve said, that has just been lingering and hanging around, and you don't take a chance on it. You get past game two, you get a little more rest. Now you go into game three, and you deal with it from that standpoint. And I think that that is the way that they need to handle it because they still got Kyrie and KD, man. I understand Giannis had 30-plus. I understand. I get all Middleton that. Middleton couldn't make a three for some reason. It, it, all of a sudden, the playoffs, six of 30 all of a sudden yeah. the play, playoffs have gotten, you know, one game has kind of tightened it a little bit on Middleton. But in the end, I think because you got a guy in, in Katie and both in Kyrie that have been in playoff situations before where they've had to step up, that this is not, not a big deal to them, as long as they can stay healthy. When they say tightness – it's not a strain. It's not a. You know, you know what I mean? Like it sounds like it's. It's not it's as ready, serious. Though, or it's, it's, is that it's, what it it's, is? It's when it's tight. At any moment, it can go. So you. So that's why they're being really. That's careful why you got to be really careful with it because you get that knot in there, and it needs to be rubbed out. It needs time. It needs to be loosened up. All of those sort of things. How, whatever he's doing from an acup- acupuncture standpoint to heat massage, whatever it may be, they got to get that knot out of it and make sure that. He doesn't, you know, uh, strain it severely or tear it. We're going back to Milwaukee. I, I think this series is going to be 1-1. I think the Bucks aren't going to shoot 20% from the three-point line. Like, this is also a team that when they get going offensively, like, they can score because they can space the floor. And it wasn't like I saw Brooklyn contesting a ton of shots. I saw Chris Middleton miss shots. I saw – Milwaukee missed shots. Nash said that after the game when people it, were crediting his defense. He's like, eh, a lot of it was make or miss. That's what like I'm Nash saying. Nash admitted so that. So, like, it's, yeah, if, if you're saying, hey, a healthy James Harden, Kyrie, and KD can outscore a healthy Milwaukee team, yeah, I think that is possible. But just a KD and a Kyrie, I don't know if that's enough to outscore Milwaukee if Milwaukee's making shots. Right, and that's normally what they've been doing yes. all year. They're a really good three-point shooting team that just had a really awful three-point shooting night. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin coming to you live from the Seaport District to Pier 17, brought to you by Chase, 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We still have a lot of calls on the Julio Jones trade, Key. And, but you done started, man. You know, Ed in Pennsylvania also believes you are wrong. Ed? <laughs> Ooh. Get him, Ed. <laughs> I can't hear you, Ed. This is Eric. There he is. This is Eric. Ed, what's up? My name's Eric from Pennsylvania. We got you, Eric. Eric. They have you as Ed, but we got you, Eric. We got you. You're all good, man. Yo, Key. Yo, what up? It's obvious you don't watch this Titans offense play. No, I don't. He just called you a casual? No, I don't watch watch the NFL at all. I only watch high school football, but go ahead. (laughs) No, I'm saying the Tennessee Titans. I don't watch them. Go ahead. Last year, with the depleted offensive line, they had the King go for over 2,000 yards. They had A.J. Brown go for over 1,000. They had Corey Davis, Butterfingers, should have been over 1,000 yards. 
Now, if Julio Jones was on that Titans offense last year during the playoffs playing the Ravens, he doesn't miss those passes. Get him, He doesn't drop them. They go on to play the next round because guess what? Yes, Henry got shut down in that game. A.J. Brown lit it up in the first half. Tell him, Eric. But they doubled him up. They doubled him up. They stacked the box because they didn't have that second wide receiver that like in hot fire eric wow mm, interesting okay sorry yeah, yeah. Stuff, it, it, it 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 put eric. me in my place it's eric. <laughs> oh eric i thought eric his name was it it's eric roy oh. is in alabama and uh roy also <laughs> says that key is wrong where is he from alabama. and where did julio go to school alabama oh okay go ahead take it away roy hey key i love you brother but I thought last week you mentioned that he was going to the Raiders, Patriots, or the Ravens. No, I didn't mention that. I said, run, those, I said those teams would be good fits. Yeah, I, I'm just salty this morning because we could have got him. Baltimore could have got him for a, a second, a third, and a crab cake. We could have <laughs> got him, and he would have definitely been number one. So I, I wish I wish that he would have went to Baltimore, but uh, we got something for him. We, we got three good cornerbacks, and we'll take care of him for you, Key. Great crab cakes in Miami. Great crab. Chocolate covered cicadas. Delicious. The problem with him going to the Ravens is they they got expensive wide receivers. They got the future that they got to worry about Hollywood. They just paid Sammy to come over there and they drafted a kid. So it's hard to fit into that room with that number number that he has uh, in terms of financial commitment. So I can see where the Ravens were like, yeah, but. But the but the teams you were thinking about were more out west, Seattle, well, Rams, like they would have been like, more teams that need that style of wide receiver. But those are two NFC teams, right? Well, so if you're Atlanta, you're like, let's get them into the other. But conference. it depends on what Atlanta feels about their situation in terms of their team. If Atlanta feels like they got a chance to make it to the playoffs and and make some noise, Why then you? you don't trade him to the NFC. Right. But if you feel like you feel like, well, the rebuilding? it doesn't really matter. Then you trade him. It, it would probably like take Atlanta's a first. going more towards like the rebuilding route, right? So you trade him. I mean, how about you trade I mean, Kyle, Kyle, Pitts. Kyle Pitts becomes now right their main yeah, option, doesn't I mean, Matt uh, Ryan got, on the – They got uh, uh, Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley. I understand, but yeah, I mean – Matt Ryan right. kind of on the back end there. He really – His importance His importance does elevate, though, Kyle Pitts. Yes, absolutely. Elevates, big time. Yes, absolutely. You really need production right away. And Arthur Smith likes to use the tight ends, as we saw in Tennessee. Right. So, so, so that's definitely, you know, again, when you're watching what's happening in Atlanta and you look at that division, for them, is this a rebuild now or are they still we trying to We should hire Ed, contend? man. <laughs> it's uh, Eric. It's Eric. Yeah. Oh, Eric. Oh, okay. <laughs> More of your calls on this. But coming up, Leave Eric Max alone. Contract, Minimum Production. We'll tell you who is doing that next. KJZ, ESPN Radio, and on Sirius XM, Channel 80. The Mavericks may need to make some breaking moves around Luka this offseason. Breaking Moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to LinkedIn.com slash sports. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, 
Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Jay will take the ball. Let's go. Five down flex. All right. <clears throat> here we go. Let's, Jay's let's running kick, the point. Let's kick some things off here at running the point. Mm-hmm. Let's start with number five. Number five. Maximum salary, minimum production. Oh. $30 million a year. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody over the last couple of games, we've had enough. And I understand this could be coaching. I understand people could say, well, Rick Carlisle needs to utilize him better within the offensive scheme. But whenever I saw Chris Stapps Porzingis catch the ball last night, it was like a hot pocket. <laughs> Give it right back to Luca. <laughs> Give it right back to Tim Hardaway Jr. Do you remember when this trade happened? A lot of people said, oh, Tim oh, yes, Hardaway Jr., he's the throw-in package. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, it's kind of feeling like Porzingis was the throw-in part of the package here. Ooh. I mean, he's had single digits in playoff games. And I said at halftime, I said, hey, look, I understand Luca is the star of this team. But the highest paid player needs to show up in game seven. He did not do that. Perzingis, you will have marital issues within Dallas. I do not think he will be a Dallas Maverick for that much longer. Really? I just wonder what trade assets they can find in return for somebody. Gave up two firsts. Had, I know. Two firsts for Injury him. issues. By the way. Ankle, knee, a lot of questions around Porzingis. Ten shot attempts per game in the seven-game series. Only ten. Tim Hardaway Jr. averaged 17 a game on 14 shot attempts. Is it that for Porzingis, it's not easy to play with Luka? We won't get into rebounding issues, too. I mean, there's some, what, three rebounds, four rebounds some five, games? Five a game, but yes. How about zero? How about under one block a game? This was a guy that the reason why Kevin Durant called him a, a, a unicorn was because he averaged not only, you know, 20 points a game, not only shot over, you know, a high percentage from three-point range, but he also averaged over a block a game, you know, which is why KD said this guy's a unicorn. He's doing things that you've never seen before in the league. Well, he's not doing it in Dallas. May still be, maybe he's still hurt from the past, man. Maybe he just well, his mobility to, defensively is shot. Yeah, maybe he's not fully healthy like that anymore. Yeah. How do the Knicks fans feel now? Feeling pretty well, good about that, it now? That, that, that second first-round pick right now? Feeling good about number it Number 19, number there 21. Go, bring it back. Maybe they knew something. Okay. I still hate the trade, though. Number four. Number four. Next wave. We're witnessing it, my friends. And we haven't talked about it yet, and I'll get into it. But names like Trey Young, mm-hmm. put it on the show. Mm-hmm. Names like Donovan Mitchell, yep. show. Devin Booker, yep. show. Michael Porter Jr., a guy that would have been the first pick in the draft if he didn't go through injuries, starting to put on a show with guys like Jokic in Denver. You know, he asked for it a couple of years ago. Remember when Jamal Murray was doing his thing? He was like, look, 
I like to get the ball. He's been getting the ball, been averaging like 20 points, been putting on a show. This is the next wave of the NBA. So as much as people say we don't have Steph, we don't have LeBron, we don't have big – we still have some names like Kawhi Leonard, KD, James Harden, Kyrie in the playoffs, but this next wave is coming in a really big way. Time to get to know some new, new faces. Yes, get to know their stories. Number three. Number three. Dame time to recruit. Now, I originally had this in Dame time for – a new coach, damn time for a new coach, mm-hmm. damn time for a new coach. I think a guy, Chauncey Billups, will get this job. But this is not going to be the biggest move that the Portland Trailblazers franchise is going to need to make. The LeBron James model is out, guys. It's time. We are no longer in the world where best players in the world are saying, I want to go play with Dame. We're in a world now where if you're going to be the best player in the team, you need to go recruit guys who you want to rock with. Dame needs to be in the DMs. I don't care what anybody needs to say. Star players are the ones who can dictate where they want to be. You don't hear a star player say, well, I want to go, I want to go play with Monty Williams as a head coach. No. Here's star player so I want to go rock with Devin Booker. You know why? Devin Booker and I have been connecting. I've been spending time with Devin Booker in all season. We've been working out together. Damn, I, I ride with the way Devin Booker rocks. Okay, great. And now we pick our coach. Now we pick our coach. Mm-hmm. It's the same for Dame. I understand we used to live in a world where it's like, who wants to rock out with me? That was that whole male egocentric, oh, I'm the guy, I'm the alpha. Who's going to come with me? Now it's like, no. Who, do I, who can I connect with? It's time for Dame to start recruiting. If he wants to stay in Portland – because if he doesn't start recruiting, then Portland's not going to be answered for your Dame. You're going to need to go somewhere else. There's a belief he's going somewhere else. Well, he already right started now. recruiting. He got turned down. Yeah, Jay Kidd. Jay Kidd. He already well, started the recruiting yeah, process. What was, you got to start it. That yesterday. Yeah. You got to do it. You got to do it. Got to double, triple down. That's number three. Number two. Number two. Playoff Glenn. Oh. Who? Playoff Glenn. Or Doc. Oh, no. This is a legit question. And I had it yesterday when we were watching the opening minutes of the Hawks 76ers game. I saw Danny Green on Trey Young, and all I talked about leading up to the game was, okay, you have a guy like Ben Simmons who's up for defensive player of the year. He's a finalist. You have a guy like Matisse Thybul, 6'5", 6'11", wingspan. Your best defenders, they need to start on Trey because if Trey gets going, that's going to be a problem for you. I saw Danny Green start on Trey. And then it brought me back. It brought me back to, I'm like, oh, that, I think Doc did this before when they were up 3-1 with the Clippers and he left Montrez Harrell on Nikola Jokic. And Jokic just started abusing him and Doc doubled, tripled down, stayed with Trez on Jokic. And now I'm watching the same mistake and I watched Trey annihilate them. And then I watched Kevin Herter. I watched Bogdanovich, them shoot threes. Now granted, 76ers got back in the ball game, but Doc, we need to see changes in game two. And I got nothing but love and respect for Danny Green. He comes on the show. But at this stage of Danny Green's career, you can't ask him to be the primary ball defender on Trey Young because once Trey Young gets going, that's a problem. Did they underestimate Trey Young, even watching the film of the, of the Knicks? Did they think, man, we got it. We got Danny Green. Danny Green, notoriously you know, good defensive player throughout his career. Notorious not the right word, but that's what I meant. He's been a good <laughs> defender, right? And they thought maybe he can handle it, will help out, and it just failed miserably until the end. 
when all they started doing was trapping him and he turned the ball over a ton late and almost gave the game away. Well, that's what I'm wondering. I'm like, towards the end, when you have you know Matisse Stiebel on yeah. him or we have Ben Simmons on, on that size and that length, Bigger. you can play off of him. Right. You can contest his shot later. And then when it comes off ball screens, all right, force Bogdanovich to beat us. Force Kevin Herter to beat us. Force time, him to be two-point scores. By the time you contest the balls in the air and yep. gone, though. That's the I, problem. I, I hear, but my problem is when you had Danny Green on him, like, you know how this key, like when you get a rhythm, when you get a flow to the game, now by the time you try to put Matisse Thibault on him later in the first quarter, I'm already, I'm already cooking. Plus what's, plus, what's more important for you on the offensive end is to use that energy of Ben Simmons up so when we get on the offensive end, he ain't got nothing left? I mean, is that – Yeah, but, I mean, I want Ben Simmons running, pushing, attacking. I want – Ben Simmons, this is why you were here. This is why you were here. You're a great defensive player and you're a PG first mentality Go guard their team's best player. I don't know why Doc didn't do that. Yeah, the thing about Ben Simmons that's strange in, in, in some of these games that we're seeing in the postseason. Regular season, he's just an impactful player. But in the postseason, you're always waiting for him to do something. Right? And yes. he's not a scorer. So because he's not that kind of scorer. That's why you're here. sort of like, well, where, where are you impacting the game? And I've seen him impact the game defensively as a, at an elite level. But in this he's game, it didn't scorer, happen until the fourth shooter. quarter. Well, yeah, he's an attacker. He's, he's a yeah, driver. Yeah, he's an attacker. Yeah. But – it's just you just didn't see him impact the game until the fourth quarter. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, there he is. But, Jay, can they play that way? Yes. 48. You can, can, really? Yes. All right. They're going to have to. They're can, not going to have a choice. You got one more, so go ahead. All right. Number one. I thought he Number did. one. Nowadays, everybody want to talk that they got something to say, but nothing comes out when they move the list, but a bunch of gibberish, and everybody <laughs> forgot about Trey. Bars. Okay. Forgot about Trey. Okay. <laughs> I want to go back to this whole big thing that we had on draft night where Travis Link made the deal, and they got Trey Young, and everybody's sitting there talking about Luka Doncic, and everybody loves to compare. And I put out a poll yesterday on my Twitter. I said, now knowing what you know, how do you feel about it? Do you like the move, or do you still not like the move? And I got overwhelming majority said they still rather have Luka. I'm sitting here saying, if I'm Atlanta, I'm cool. I am great. Yeah. Because I built the right team That's around key. Trey Young. I haven't seen Dallas build the right team around Luka. So I give Travis Slink a lot of credit for the Hawks because they've surrounded him with pieces like Bogdanovich, which was a huge missing link because the Bucks originally had Bogdanovich. And they blew it. And they blew it. Now the Hawks do. The Hawks have Jonathan Collins. Huge, right? Caught more lobs and made more threes. There's only two other players that have probably made more in the past 25 years, right? The pieces that they have around Trey with the way he's playing – with having Nate McMillan, and I'll tell you this, because the story this year before was that Trey was a volume shooter. And that was a lot of issues that they had between Trey and Lloyd Pierce, their head coach. They let go of Lloyd Pierce. They got Nate McMillan, a guy who actually Trey listens to, you can tell by the attention that he gives him in timeouts, and it's unlocked Trey to a different degree. So when you want to go back to this debate, throw it out a window, because I don't care. Because what I'm watching the Hawks do right now, they built the right team around Trey Young, and that's what it's all about at the end of the day. A coach in the front office saying, here's my star player, and here's how I'm going to maximize my star player with the right pieces around him, and we have not seen that yet in Dallas. Drop the mic on this argument. But I, I would think that when you look at it, though, from a building standpoint, sometimes you get star players like Luka, and because he's a star, you don't think that you have to build around him at the level that you have to build around Trey. You understand what I'm saying? Like, Trey is one thing. So, you know, you look at that and you go, well, he can't carry us. 
we need to put other pieces around him. Well, you got Luca, and you look too. there and you say, okay, Porzingis is here. What else do we got? Luca's a big enough star player that he'll be able to push us up. We look at him like a LeBron James. We look at him high tide raises like all a, boats. Yeah, huh? High tide raises all boats. Yeah, right? yeah. that that's kind of what. So, what if Luca was in Atlanta? Do Atlanta build it around him the same, or is he in the same situation that he is in Dallas where they're not building around him, and Dallas builds around Trey because he's there? Can I make it clear? You're, you're, you're taking Luca 10 times out of 10. Always, right? Yes. Always. Yeah. But Atlanta does not have to regret the trade no. if you build it properly. Yes. You still have a talented player, yes. and you built it better than Dallas did around Luca. let's be honest. You did a better job building that team around what you have. It's never about, okay, the trade was made, and you can look back and think, all right, you didn't get the better player, but we have the better situation. LeBron James, Luka, Young, right? People similar, talk, similar, yes. Think about LeBron early in his career. Cleveland didn't have knees oh, and use out there playing. Yeah. Oh, I get it. So, yeah. so that speaks to my point is he's such a just a, a alpha dog that it's kind of like they believe that he could take them to the next step without putting all this stuff around him. Now, I'm sure this offseason they're going to wind up doing some stuff to, to, to maybe get him one or two players that could go along with him to help him finish the deal. It is Again, that is going to be a debate for a while between those two, but one is playing and one is done playing right mm-hmm. now in the playoffs. Keyshawn J. Will good. Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. You can save big when you bundle your auto, home, motorcycle, RV, or boat. Visit Progressive.com. So Julio goes from one Ryan to another. We'll discuss that after SportsCenter. Here's Leonard with it against Porzingis. Explodes to his right, now pulls back beyond the arc. Finds Morris open, corner three on its way. It's good with a minute 15 to go. On an afternoon, the Clippers finally found their three-point shot. Two big hits in the last two minutes to take the lead by 13. Clippers certainly found something. Mark Kessinger with the call on ESPN Radio as L.A. beats the Mavericks 126-111 in Game 7 of the first round to eliminate Dallas from the playoffs for the second straight year. The Clippers advance to the Western Conference semifinals where they'll face the top-seeded Utah Jazz. Kawhi Leonard, 28 points on 10 of 15 shooting. The fourth player in NBA history to score 200 points on 60% shooting in a single playoff series. He joins Shaq, Bernard King, and the captain, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. In the NFL, the Falcons trade star wide receiver Julio Jones to the Titans in exchange... Tennessee will send a 2022 second-round pick, a 2023 fourth-round pick to Atlanta. Along with Jones, Atlanta will send a 2023 sixth-round pick to the Titans. Since his rookie season, Julio Jones leads the NFL with 58 100-yard receiving games. The Titans, as a team, have had 50 100-yard receiving games in that same span. Patrick Cantlay defeats Colin Morikawa on the first playoff hole to win the Memorial Tournament. This is after John Rahm was forced to withdraw after testing positive for COVID-19 on Saturday. Now, Cantlay earned his fourth PGA Tour victory, second this season, becoming the fourth player with multiple wins this season. But Rahm had a six-shot lead when he was fourth to withdraw, forced to withdraw following the third round. Had Rahm been able to play on Sunday, he would have needed only a four-over par 76 to win by one shot. What a story that was. Sports Center brought to you by Indeed. If you're hiring this summer, 
You'll need Indeed. With Indeed Instant Match, just post a sponsored job and you'll immediately get a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your job description. Learn more at Indeed.com slash credit. Hey. By the reaction of the callers, Keyshawn is wrong about Julio Jones. And this trade to the Titans. I'm not wrong about Julio Jones. I'm wrong, wrong about, about the, the trade, Titans trading. The Titans I'm trading not wrong about Julio. For him. But it is something that has become a, a major call topic that we will continue with. 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Well, let's bring in one of our ESPN NFL reporters, Jeff Darlington, who joins us right now on the Goodyear Hotline. JD. Brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. Good morning, Jeff. So the callers are going after Key about this trade to the Titans, feeling like, Julio Jones going to the Titans. Julio, they're not using him properly. He's going to be a blocker. That's exactly what they've already talked about. What is your reaction to seeing this move for the Titans? I agree with whatever Keyshawn says, first of all. <laughs> I have no idea what he said. Well played. But I just it's just easier. Like, it just it does. It gives me more, less anxiety, more peace of mind if I just agree with Keyshawn. What, what did Keyshawn say? <laughs> you're so stupid man no i i just no, questioned no, i'm dead serious what no jeff say? i just questioned the usage the style in which they're gonna play getting a guy like this yeah. who has been a one his entire career in a pass oriented offense now going to a heavy run dominant offense like what like what are you gonna do like you're spending all this money to have a shiny piece do you know how to drive it so I do agree with that uh, in, in all seriousness. And, and based on my conversations, that is like I don't, a concern. It's a first world problem. Like, I think that there is legitimacy to the question, though, of how Julio Jones fits into this offense. And for a Titans team who likes to do all these breaks toward the middle of the field, like what's going to happen when Julio is, is up against some of these safeties in the league? Is he going to embrace that role? Um, knowing that A.J. is on the other side and, and probably will continue in the role that he has succeeded in. So, like, I think that there are questions to that. I mean, we're talking about a team, you know, that, again, like, they had a guy in Corey Davis who had 500-yard games last year and was a really successful piece. So, I don't think this is just plug and play. I mean, we, we, we went through this with Odell Beckham Jr. too, by the way. I'm sure people would have blasted you then, Key, if you had said, you know, is Odell going to fit into the Browns offense seamlessly? Everybody would have said, yes, of course he is. He's a talented guy. But it's not just, it's, you can't just have a paper roster. It's not that easy. That being said, I do feel like the Titans know that they added the talented piece. And if they get creative enough, that they can have success. Um, with this dynamic. Yeah, Jay, they added a talented piece. I just never played the position, so, you know. We're just playing fantasy football. <laughs> yeah, that's all we're doing here. But, do Jeff, here, here is my point. You know, at this stage of Julio's career, I understand he may not get targeted the way he would have thought he could have got targeted in other locations, but having a big wide receiver right. like that alongside A.J. Brown, it makes you have to defend that offense a little bit differently, even though people say they're going to be one-dimensional, just run the ball. And don't you bring him there for big game moments, considering that the way A.J. played last year, 1,000 yards, Corey Davis could have 1,000 yards, now you plug Julio Jones in that offense, doesn't that ramp up the offense to a different degree? Yeah, I mean, I think you guys are making, like, both, I mean, the exact – points that will be such, you know, intriguing storylines about this addition. Like, I, I think both of those are completely valid. And that is why, ultimately, 
not only were the Titans willing to give up the second round pick, which feels like not that much, but they're willing to take on his contract. Um, and, and again, this is a team that I think added Julio not merely as a luxury piece. Like, I think they actually added him as a necessity because they did lose Corey Davis, who did have nearly 1,000 yards last season. So it's not like they could just go into this year and expect A.J. and Derek to just carry the, the team to a, a Super Bowl. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it does make sense. And look, here's the other side of it. Like, I look at it, you know, like, well, why, why weren't 31 other teams willing to give up more than, like, right. than the Titans ultimately had to give up, which is probably a late second-round pick. But then I think back to, like, when Randy Moss in, what was it, 2007? Got traded, yeah, I think 07, got traded to the Patriots for a fourth-round pick. Mm. So, like, sometimes yeah, when something really seems kind of ridiculous on the surface, like, it proves to be just that. And maybe Julio will prove that that this was an absolute slam dunk uh, for the Titans when he goes out and if he can stay healthy, big if, mm-hmm. can stay healthy. Uh, and is a prominent piece for the Titans' offense. So, Jeff, where, where where does this put the Titans in the AFC? So, again, like, I, I actually – I have a lot of respect for the Titans. Personally, I feel like they're 2A, 2B with the Bills um, mm-hmm. behind the Chiefs in the AFC. Like, I, I still think that they're a better all-around team than the Browns, which I know Cleveland fans uh, get on me every time I, I suggest that. But, like, we've seen them succeed the last two seasons – and seemingly get better. Again, I would have had them probably lower than the Bills going into the season because they lost, for instance, Corey Davis. They lost a key piece on offense that I think people underrate. So this, I think, gets them back, though, into that conversation for sure about uh, winding up in that AFC championship game to try to take on the Chiefs. Jeff, I want to hear you debate Swagoo about that because you know what he said about the Browns and that, that roster oh, being top to bottom, the best in the AFC. Uh, before I ask another question to you, do you have Tecmo Bowl or Blades of Steel behind you with that Nintendo? I've been wanting to ask this for like a month. Man, I, I don't have Tecmo. I think like Tecmo Bowl. Remember when you used to like, like lend out games to your friends? And like, uh, you I think back? it got lost in one of those. No, I don't think I ever got it back. I, I, it's like, it's not even like my favorite games, but it's like Adventure of Link. The Super Mario Bros. 3 was pretty good. Okay. That was, that was solid. I'll take it. Jordan versus Bird. Oh, that's Metroid, a good one. Tetris. Mm. All right. Super Mario Brothers, Commando, and Spy Hunter. No Blades of Steel, though. This is kind of actually the world is just no Blades of Steel. But it still does work. All right. Love Blades of Steel. As Jeff in the shot has his Nintendo right behind him, so I just had a memory. And I just said to myself, one of these days I'm going to ask him, and this was the opportunity to ask you. But now, of course, all the producers are scratching. They have hives growing on them. It's been about an hour and a half into the show. We have not talked about Aaron Rodgers yet. So let me ask you about Aaron Rodgers and – Another team that maybe could have traded for Julio Jones. Maybe that could have been a way to extend the olive branch to uh, Aaron Rodgers, but clearly they did not do that. So the the daily where is this thing going thing, it it does feel like the Packers are ready to just move on without him and let him stay in Hawaii and uh, maybe consider being a game show host. So I actually, I don't know that, that we're there yet. I'm probably, you know, I'm always one of these romantics who thinks things will get worked out. And by all means, like the, Mark Murphy, the CEO of the organization, is not necessarily doing things that, that evoke a lot of optimism in that sense. I mean, he's got this newsletter that he writes, which I, I didn't know like CEOs do this. I don't know if you guys know this, but he wrote this like letter basically saying that Aaron Rodgers has divided the fan base or the Aaron Rodgers situation has divided the fan base, which just to me also feels like, no, I would imagine Green Bay probably all wants Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. However you want to make that uh, divisive topic, the talking point, I think is going to just further 
create more divide between the organization and Aaron Rodgers. But, but to me, it's not about, like, for instance, the OTAs. Like, the, the fine that he gets that imposed upon him for OTAs is about $93,000. I think that's very digestible but for uh, Aaron Rodgers in this situation. It's training camp, for me, that becomes the real trigger point. Because one thing we should point out about the new CBA is that He'll get fined uh, 50 grand a day for training camp. And it used to be that if you held out, you guys would, you know, kumbaya at the end of the holdout and, and forgive the missed days and those fines. You can't do that anymore. The CBA makes it so that you literally have to keep that fine imposed. It's mandatory. So 10 days of training camp is a half a million dollars. And that doesn't even get you the first preseason game. So this is a real thing when training camp hits in terms of finable money. To me, that becomes sort of the point where these two sides have to say, okay, are we going to find a way to make this work? Or is it true? Is this real? Do we really need to send Aaron Rodgers elsewhere? So to me, this is going to drag on for another month or so. It's all fun and games until somebody starts losing money, right, Jeff? Thanks so much for the time, as always. I'll try to send you a blade of steel for your collection. All right, Jeff, thank you for agreeing (laughs) with me, by the way. (laughs) Jeff Darlington on the Goodyear Hotline. So coming up, more on Rodgers and why he's uh, dividing the fan base and what – Mark Murphy said to the fans about it. That's after Key has this from Straight Talk. It's time for some straight talk. Sure, saving money feels good, but cutting your wireless bill in half, that feels really good, like a walk-off home run in the ninth inning good. Okay, maybe not that good, but pretty darn good with straight talk. You could get 25 gigs of high-speed data for 45 bucks a month, up to 50% less than the other guys. Plus, no contract, all on America's best networks. Why pay a whole lot, Jay, when you can pay half? Straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. Listen, it is going to take a miracle for Aaron Rodgers to play quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. I love Aaron Rodgers, don't get me wrong. But it's time to go, it's, it's time to go. You can't let one sour apple spoil the rest of that because he doesn't want to be there. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Oh, man. See, I was about to say something and I heard this song and I just... 
I need to just hear it now. It feels good. Time. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Also brought to you by Mako with Mako, their magic and their magic. Your car is no longer tragic. If life throws you uh-ohs, just say better get Mako and head to Mako.com to get an online estimate today. So you heard Jeff Darlington reference it, and that is Mark Murphy, who does a, a monthly, uh, I guess, column, newsletter kind of thing on the Packers website on yeah. the first Saturday of every month. He writes about a topic of interest and then answers fan questions that you can email to him. So, of course, they're you know selected. So he discussed um, some, some kind of off-season workout program, all this collective bargaining stuff, blah, blah, blah. Then come the questions. And one of the questions that is – or one of the points made to him with a question is from a guy named Ken. And it says, Dear Mark, you've done a great job. Don't let the bastages drag you down. Washington, he goes, Washington needs a name. I suggest generals. All right, just random question. Just give me a little support, and then let's talk some Washington football team. Mm -hmm. His response is this. Thanks, Ken. The situation we face with Aaron Rodgers has divided our fan base. (laughs) What reference to Aaron Rodgers was in that question? Anyways, he continues. The emails and letters that I've received reflect this fact. As I wrote here last month, we remain committed to resolving things with Aaron, and we want him to be our quarterback in 2021 and beyond. We're working to resolve the situation and realize that the less both sides say publicly, the better. And then he talks about with regard to Washington, blah, blah, blah. He likes the general's names already taken. Nobody cares. Anyways. <laughs> First of all, A, why use that to reference? Clearly, he wanted to say something about Aaron Rodgers, even though he said the less said publicly, the better. Second... What do you take by what he said about dividing the fan base? Well, what he's doing right there to me is is rallying the fan base against Aaron Rodgers. That's what he's doing. He's making it seem as though Aaron Rodgers is the one who's at fault and has fans torn. So now they could be mad at him, and then obviously more fans are going to come that way. And it also says to me that there's two things right there. They're either going to make him sit and force his hand to come in or they're going to trade him and realize that and it's all going to fall on Aaron either way. That's kind of what he's saying. It's like it's Aaron's fault. It's Aaron's fault that this is happening. He didn't, dis- he didn't say we are in a mess that is now dividing our fans. He didn't say that. He said Aaron is the one dividing the fans. And it's something that Rob Domofsky, who covers the Packers for us at ESPN, told us last week. I'm not sure the sentiment right now is all that pro-Rodgers in the sense that um, Rodgers doesn't want to be here. And people, I don't care what team you root for, but it's it's especially this way in Green Bay because it's such a small town. If you if you don't want to be here, people don't want you here. Like that that is it's a very provincial place. If Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to be here, he all of a sudden goes from one of them to one of the others. That's a strong statement there. He also mentioned how they have signs on the lawns, you know, all around Titletown that says, you know, go pack, which is like, that's what they yeah. say. Go and it pack, says, go. hey, Aaron, go pack, meaning, yeah. you know, go pack your bags, right? Get your stuff out of here, which, again, is mind boggling to me to think about a guy who just won MVP. And is as great as he is, and as long as he's been great, and has led them to you know conference finals now these last couple of years, and fans are already ready to move on because he's not happy. 
and clearly the team is rooting for that, stoking those flames to save them from what would be it's egg kinda, on their face if they do have to trade them. Think about it. It's kind of hard to blame the organization in this situation just because from a standpoint of wins and losses, they've been in the win category on the plus side for the last several years. Right. So it's easy for them to say, we put everything around them. What, what, what do you mean you're mad because – we didn't do that. Yes, no. Look, we've been in the NFC Championship. So this game. is about Jordy Nelson and Jordan Love. Like this is more about that and than it is about how much talent is to, around him. To Aaron, but if I'm the organization, which the organization is probably doing, is showing the fan base we win. We're winning here. He's trying to divide this up. He he. This is Aaron's fault. Aaron is the one who's doing this, not us. Now, we, we didn't say him, we didn't want him. him everything. Mm-hmm. We've given him everything. We drafted a backup quarterback because clearly you see our backup quarterbacks in the past when we played with Brent Huntley and, and Kaiser. It didn't work <laughs> out. We're, we're just trying to make things better. That's what's happening. What would you do at this point if, if you I'm were who? If you're the player, would, would you just come out? Anyway, would you try? Though, yeah, you don't care. You'd say nothing. Just keep let, – go ahead. Let them just yeah, soil my name. Do. I don't care. Yeah, my representatives will send my message to the team and the organization about what it is that I want to do. Okay, he talked about – you saw all that stuff he was saying about, you know, it was about character and culture I and all I that stuff. I don't need to talk to anybody. It made it sound like the Packers have some internal issues, but they're saying, no, you're the one with the issue, and they still have to resolve it. And, again, as Darlington said, this is going to last if, a while. And for a star quarterback not to be at OTAs means something. James Harden has the injury, so who's the one star the Nets now can't afford to lose? We'll discuss next. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.